What up, what up, what up, everybody? This is Dario Hunt from Blue Life Fearless. Welcome back to another episode of our Music Files podcast. Today's date is May 3rd, 2019. With me, as always, my co-host, Mr. Reese Walker. Say hello to everybody. What's good, everybody? Welcome back. It's artist D. Walker here with Dario, chopping it up with another Music Files podcast. Thank you for joining us. And yeah, about to jump into some music. Yeah, so we're going to hop right into it. Um, like always, we're going to take care of some housekeeping first. So if you are joining us once again or for the first time, and if you are liking these conversations that we are having, please smash that like and subscribe button wherever you guys enjoy us, whether that is on SoundCloud or YouTube or Apple Music or Google Play Music. We're kind of everywhere except for Spotify. So wherever you like to kind of listen to us or watch us and you enjoy it, Please smash that like subscribe button for us. And if you like any of the gear that I rock in these videos, like this hoodie here, this beanie I'm wearing, or that hat or shirt that Doris is wearing, if you're watching this podcast, you can also head over to the site and grab some for yourself from the shop. They are available right now. So let's get right into it. Got a bunch of music news that we kind of want to run through. Uh, all the ones coming up right now are pulled directly from our website uh, over the past couple of weeks. So if you want to learn more about them, as always, you know, feel free to head over there and read the full articles. We're just going to kind of touch on them and give our kind of opinions about it. So first and foremost, uh, I feel like we've been talking about streaming for quite some time now. I feel like it's been a continuous mm-hmm. topic of conversation and it continues to be one. And I mean, it's not surprising considering that is kind of the new direction that music is going to continue to go. So in this new item, uh, news item, Amazon is throwing their hat into the streaming services race yet again. Hmm. Yeah. Amazon... Of course. Of course. I mean, so they've already kind of been into it. They did have like prime music that is available. Obviously with your prime membership that most people have that they don't even know that they have, but there was that that was already kind of included with that. And they also had a separate Amazon Music Unlimited hmm. for like nine ninety nine a month. But I guess reports are saying that they're releasing yet another one, an ad-supported free music service that would be voice-activated through Amazon's Echo speakers. Interesting. Okay. So they're trying, they're trying stuff, basically. <laughs> I feel like they're just throwing shit at the wall and hoping something sticks. Yeah. They don't that's really what it sounds like. Actual, actual strategy about how they're actually going to compete with the likes of like Spotify and Apple Music and whatnot in the title. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I don't know. Weird, but okay. I haven't seen anything. We'll see what happens. I I think that they may be just testing the waters. This is probably an analytics game. They're probably rolling this out to to gain information for a bigger project, specifically related to music. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is tied to, like... uh like prime accounts because like i said they kind of already had their prime music and whatnot yeah but they haven't really done a good job of advertising or giving people a real reason to use their prime stuff outside of like free shipping and shit like that 
Yeah. Because even with their Prime Video, they have actually some really good shows and even some acclaimed shows and mm-hmm. movies, original stuff. But nobody really talks about it or that I know of really kind of. I haven't heard anything, anything since Boardwalk Empire, to be honest. Uh, Man in the High Castle is probably the one that I hear the most, maybe. Yeah. But at at the amount of money that they're like spending on it, there's no way that they're actually making money off of it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, no, definitely not. But Amazon's weird because that's weird because you can buy, you can purchase albums already, like 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 it's a store, an online store, yeah. like like Apple Music, but it's they don't. Like, is that gonna merge with like a, a like a service where it you have an Amazon catalog? Like, I don't know. It's weird. Cause yeah, like, if you weird. buy an album that's a product, how does can it, like do I have to re-upload the music I bought to the streaming thing, or like how do I yeah. get that music like on? I'm not know. really sure how how it's gonna work. They don't have all the full details. There are some more. Stuff they haven't really talked about, but it's like they're like segmenting the whole streaming uh, seg- sector even more. And mm-hmm. I think a couple of weeks ago, we kind of talked about some streaming services popping up again right. that are segmenting it even more. So there's no way that this is like sustainable. And I don't really see people leaving Spotify to go to Amazon because what can they really offer that these other ones don't already have? You know what yeah. I'm saying? And like I know they're offering like a free option, but Spotify does too. Yeah. This this kind of feels like Google Plus. Like it's <laughs> it's it's a, it's, a, it's a thing that's there that we kind of like have. Everybody's but... into it, so like we gotta at least try. Yeah. But like yeah. is it gonna work? <laughs> Probably not. I would say yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely say no. But hey, good yeah, I I mean they should throw their hat in the race, though. I mean, fuck it. They Scream got enough money to do it, so fuck it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Probably bring it back up. It'll probably be a topic in a few months again. Yeah, that they're shutting down their streaming service. <laughs> All right. It's been overhauled. But on uh, April 15th, Aretha Franklin was awarded a posthumous Pulitzer Special Award and Citation. Mm-hmm. Um, she is one of the recipients of the prestigious journalism art and arts prize for 2019 and the Pulitzer um, released a statement saying for her an indelible contribution to American music and culture for more than five decades and Franklin is among a select group of musicians to re- receive the special citations for arts and among other musicians that have won this have been Rodgers and Hammerstein, George Gershwin, Duke Ellington, Thelonious Monk John Coltrane and Bob Dylan mm. <clears throat> and Hank Williams in 2010. So mm. I guess the big deal about this is that she is the first female recipient of the special citation for arts. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's crazy. But I mean, it's also a big deal. So she got it after, you know, post post Thomas. So I kind of wish she, she could have got something like that when she was still here, you know? But, but yeah, being the first woman, that's crazy. Just, that shows that, like, the legacy still opens the doors. But then it begs the question of, like, will, will, will this be a trend that they continue? Or is this just, like, a one-time thing? 
Like, because, mm-hmm. you know, there's like, you know, like, you know, Nina Simone, you know, people like that you could think yeah, of. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of deserving people. Etta James, you it. know. Yeah, and I mean, definitely Aretha Franklin is certainly towards the top of that list of deserving recipients. And Absolutely. I'm glad that she got it. But I don't know, because, I mean, you saw the list. It's pretty short of musicians who have gotten it, and yeah. it's pretty exclusive. So the fact that she's in there says a lot, and I don't, I'm not really sure. That's true. How, I don't think it's going to open it up anymore, but it's just that she's kind of like the first one to finally get in. Yeah, definitely. It's a great nod. It's amazing. It's like, obviously historic, so... um. You know, anyone that looks at that list or, or just is interested ever when, when, when those prizes come out will always see, like, her name amongst Oh, yeah, like, she solidified so more than solidified. It's like, that's amazing just to see the woman's name in the line of, like, however many men there are that won the award before her. Hmm. So, yeah, shout out to Aretha Frank. Still killing it, no matter <laughs> For real. if she's here with us or not. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, Nikki. <laughs> Aretha's still killing them. <laughs> so Bandcamp, as you guys all know, the online independent music giant. You know, the place where you go for a lot of like independent artists and independent labels to kind of speak directly to you know their fan base and their core base and offer a different kind of unique experience than you would get from let's let's say like apple music which is very much just a digital storefront mm-hmm. um they have decided to throw their hat officially into the vinyl game because as you mm-hmm. know on Bandcamp, a lot of their offers are like for cds plus something extra and obviously the real exclusive thing if you're a big fan is you can buy the vinyl of a lot of those artists on Bandcamp. Um, and That's vinyl is a real thing now. It's not really a fad. Like, it's a huge deal. It's a real part of music once again. And they have, like, a real market for it. Mm-hmm. And they have said that sales of vinyl records on Bandcamp have grown over 600% in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, CDs and and music downloads are decreasing, obviously, thanks in large part to streaming. Mm-hmm. Vinyl continues to increase, and I'm sure the profit margin is much higher on vinyl sales than anything else they can do. So it's kind of a smart play. And they're entering it officially by starting their own kind of vinyl pressing service for uh, independent musicians and labels where they can go through them directly. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> Interesting. So they're setting themselves up as like a distribution center, essentially, almost in the music game for records. Like that's really dope. That's actually really dope. First oh, of all, really smart move. Yeah, especially for Bandcamp. Like, cause I actually forgot about that name. I was like, oh shit, Bandcamp. And then I was thinking about it, and I was like, yeah, they were really good. Because I remember when Facebook pages had music pages, and mm-hmm. and Bandcamp was just, like, what the Facebook page could have been for music pages, but never or really was. even, like, my, kind of like when MySpace music, I think would yeah. be a better example. Exactly. And it, it kind of felt like a cleaner MySpace music page, basically. Right. 
so that's what I really appreciated was that it was like band specific. It's music website and the profiles are really strong. And now that they have uh, a system where you can collect like physical, like, you know, collector's items, like the, the, the vinyl is not just to play the music. It's also to like collect it in a sense. Yeah. Know? So say I have, I'm a such of a fan that I actually have a physical kind of representation of, my love for that like band and that album and that music yeah and, and like this we just passed directly um, into like that collector's like desire that a lot of people have you know yeah exactly because they can show it off they can pull it out and play it you mm-hmm. know like oh yeah flip to the b side you know like you know like, it's this, not just for hipsters anymore yeah it's it's really not and what's crazy is like uh we were talking about it a few podcasts ago but just the um uh, national um, what was it uh, album day or or, or music? Th- what was that? National uh, record day. National record day. Yeah, yeah. So like just record the fact- store day. Record store day. Record store day. So just the fact that 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 um has continued to grow and and this year was the largest across the nation in terms of uh re releases and 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 albums pressed for that day specifically. It's it's mm-hmm. actually. You know, I, I can see it just continuing to go upward from there. So, like, band camps, you know, they, they, they're they making a smart move right now. Yeah, and some more details. What they're saying, there's no upfront investment from artist or label um, to actually create, like, a sort of campaign. So how it's going to work is they're going to create some sort of campaign. And once it hits a certain, like, funding goal from... Kind of like Kickstarter, where it hits a sort of funding goal from fans who are kind of pledging money that they want this to happen. Mm-hmm. Bandcamp will then press those records, print the packaging, and handle the shipping. So artists really don't have to do too much except set the price mm-hmm. and design it. So it's kind of like a print-on-demand, but for vinyl. Right. Instead of apparel, which you kind of see a lot. So yeah. I think that's dope. I think that's really smart, actually. It's like super smart. and Yeah, that's that super smart. There's no other, I don't think there's a service out there like that at all yet, like particularly regarding no, vinyl. especially not one that's like immediately tied to like a storefront that people already have, you know, they already have their band page and they already set up on Yeah, Bandcamp. so I don't have to, I don't have to promote this other page thing. Like, right. yeah, come to the thing you've been coming to, but like, yo, check it out. You can cop this, this vinyl here too now. Like, that's sick. Like, you know, like. That's changing the game, honestly. That's kind of dope. Super smart move, super dope move, and you know uh, we'll see how it works out for them. But I think it's gonna work out pretty well. Yeah, at least for a while. I don't know what the swing will be, but it seems like vinyl. Yeah, who knows stay. how long this vinyl kind of interest will last? But right now, it doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. Yeah. So, have you seen or do you remember? The movie Almost Famous. Almost Famous? That sounds so familiar. I don't, I don't It's by Cameron Crowe, and it is about kind of, uh, I want to say his adventures or his life as a music journalist in the 70s. And he was like touring. Um, he was basically almost like a roadie following bands across as they toured across. Oh, kind of, yeah. Yeah, I remember definitely. Yeah, those are early two thousands movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So Cameron Crowe himself is adapting that movie into its own musical. And it's going to debut in San Diego, which is where he is from. Oh, wow. That's actually pretty crazy. Hmm. But pretty cool. I wonder how it's going to cross over into a musical. Because from what I remember, the movie was pretty good. But I was, like, young at the time, so I couldn't, like, get everything. So I'd have to watch it again to, to know, how like, how really good it is. But I, I do remember it being a good movie. And a yeah, long and the movie. movie. I guess the thing is, the movie had a lot of, like, songs from the 70s. And they're saying that this one's going to have mostly original. Uh, yeah, it was, like, set then. Kind of songs. So I'm not really sure how that's going to translate because... The music, I think, was just as important as like the actual movie that was going on, right? To really kind of connect you to that time. So I don't know how that would translate with original uh, compositions and stuff. But yeah, if you're in San Diego, um, Around September, so we're going to run from September 13th to October 20th, and you are a fan of Almost Famous, go check that out. Definitely. So, there's been a lot of Prince news kind of recently. We talked about them in our last Music Files podcast. Uh, that was more dealing with lawsuits, but now they are saying that Prince's unfinished uh, memoir that mm-hmm. he was working on before he died. It is finally set to see the light of day and has a release date for the end of October. Ooh. That's going to be a bestseller. <laughs> Who's getting the money? I don't know because I'm pretty sure they still figured out the whole Prince Estate shit. So Yeah. That's weird. Not sure. That's weird. Aren't they making a movie too? I heard there's a Prince movie in the making. I'm sure there's one coming. Yeah. But... Yeah, his official, like, his memoirs. That's crazy, though. That's crazy. I'm, I'm going to read it. That's one book I will read if it comes out. But, yeah. Uh, he, like I said, he never really got to finish it. But it's kind of a story about how he came to be Prince, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And then I think it's going to include... Uh, Yeah, it's going to include some like handwritten lyric sheets and stuff like that mm. as well to kind of fill it out in scrapbooks and photos and stuff like that un- previously unseen. Right. Hmm. Well, that's dope. Anything that's called previously The Beautiful unseen. Ones. It's called what? The Beautiful Ones. The Beautiful Ones. Hmm. Cool. So for all those Prince fanatics out there, you have one more thing to kind of, uh, one last gift from him basically to kind of you know latch onto. So yeah, I'll probably check it out. I've definitely become much more of a Prince fan as I've gotten older. You know, I was all about Michael yeah. Jackson in my younger days. Yeah. But, definitely grown to appreciate Prince and like just how fucking talented he was. Yeah, definitely. As I've gotten older. 
Yeah, for sure. Even when I was younger, I didn't get it. But then there was a moment when I when I watched Purple Rain, like the movie. Mm-hmm. I, that's when I kind of got it because I didn't ha- I hadn't seen it before, you know, until I was maybe like I don't know, twelve, thirteen, sometime, you know, middle schoolish. So by the time I got to see Purple Rain, you know, I already had like my idea of like who this Prince character was, and I already loved Michael Jackson. So like then I saw Purple Rain and was like, oh, sh- Prince gets down. Like, you know, like he's on a motorcycle. He's, 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 you know, playing the guitar, jumping all over the stage. But he's like, he looks crazy with his, his clothes. You're like, oh, man, I would never wear that. But then you're like, why not? Like, look at Prince killing it. Like, he, you know, he had a beautiful woman as the antagonist, like, just killing it. The whole thing was, was like, damn, Purple Rain made me respect that fool forever. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like I said, I've, I've definitely gained a whole new level of respect for him, especially his music, because I feel like Michael Jackson was just way more immediately accessible, especially yeah. as a younger kid. Immediately, you could latch onto it like that. Like, right. And Prince's stuff is far more intricate, and like, there's a lot more levels and layers to it that you kind of have to like understand more. And once you really understand everything he's doing, it's like, damn, this fool is like on another, le- another level for real. Yeah, once you realize, like, oh shit, he 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 played all those instruments. You're like, oh oh shit, he's like, oh damn, he wrote all this shit too. He yeah. wrote everything. Oh, he wrote that for who? Oh oh, that's a Prince song. Like when you find out, like what songs Prince wrote for other people, like, then you're like, wait, what? <laughs> like that special. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And it kind of sucks because it was like right when I was like really, really starting to get into him, he died. I was like, damn. Yeah, that's when I really was understanding him better. Like really, that's what, around the time when I was finding out about these songs that he wrote for other people and stuff. And I was like, wow, I didn't know Prince was the I, like the brain behind that. I really started to like kind of reconsider. It was always Jackson over Prince to me. But then I was like, yeah, really starting to reconsider that as I grew older and like really started to dig that's into his catalog. That's how I started to feel because then I was like Prince didn't have Quincy Jones. Prince was the Quincy Jones of his shit. Like Yeah. Like in a way like that's crazy to be Michael and and Quincy in one. Yeah. <laughs> Special. <laughs> that's yeah. Special. So I'll definitely that's be legend. checking out the memoir at some point. Yeah. And speaking of movies, I don't know, it's a little tangent, but you remember when Michael Jackson what movie that was? Pretty sure it was a movie. Michael Jackson like turned into a car. Oh yeah, Michael had this short film kind of shit. Was it a short film? It was like, well, you all his music videos were short films. I think it was like an extended video for the criminal movie. Like there was the criminal music video, but then he had this like extension where like the the kids because remember when the kids run up to the window in the criminal video and yeah. they look in and he's in there because those are the kids in this whole storyline but they're like running through the city or some shit like they're trying to save something but yeah Michael turns into like a giant robot like a like Optimus Prime or some shit at the end of it like I kind of remember it but I don't remember what it's called or any I don't remember exactly what it was but it felt like an extension of the criminal like All right, I found it. Criminal. It is Moonwalker. Moonwalker. That's right. Because then Sega made a video game after the that yeah. that short called Moonwalker. 
So the film was like concert footage, concept videos, and a career retrospective. I remember watching when I was younger and like watching him turn to Carl. I was like, yo, what the fuck is going on? What? Like, I, I've Fam, been confused. I was so confused. About this for 30 years now. Like, I've been super confused, bro. Yeah. I was confused, but I loved it. <laughs> I like, was like, hey, it's lit. No, he turned it into a car, too. It was like a bulletproof Lambo or some shit. That's like, what I'm saying. Like, I don't remember <laughs> that shit. I just remember him turning to a car and I was like, yo, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yo, yeah. What did he turn into a bulletproof like Lambo and then like a giant transformer? I I yeah. He was on he was on one right there. I was like, yo, Michael, I don't know what's happening. Like who who came up with this? Like it's amazing, but it is it, it was crazy. It was crazy. If y'all have this is your first time hearing about this Michael Jackson turns your car and robot and shit like that, I su- <laughs> highly suggest you go check out. Oh, I'm sure it's on, that. on YouTube you, somewhere. You you have to look. Look at me. I'm looking at you. You have to find that. You have to watch that. That Michael Jackson shit is, is classic, legendary shit. You you've never seen a video like that. No one, no artist has done. I've never like been that. more confused in my life at that age Facts. than watching that shit. Facts. I just was waiting for them to dance again. And shit. I was like, is there nothing he can do? <laughs> <laughs> for real, he almost dies, so he turns into a robot to save the world. Like. What? To save the orphans? Like, <laughs> like he's on another level. God damn. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. It was it was wild. It was wild. <laughs> but yeah, it was just a little tangent. Alright, so last news item pulled directly from the sites, uh at least this week actually. Um Raymond Scott's mythical electronium instrument has finally been brought to life. If you aren't familiar with Raymond Scott, he is a revered jazz and electronic music composer and artist who was at one time the head of Motown's electronic music research. And if you have heard or watched the Looney Tunes or the Simpsons, then you have definitely encountered his music. Mm. <clears throat> so at some point in the 70s and 80s, he was working on this kind of secret instrument or device that was supposed to like let people play and compose music at the same time. So basically, you could start with an idea of like a melody, mm-hmm. then the device would transform it into a full composition. Oh, that's right. So it's almost like an algorithm, like one of the first like kind of algorithms that you put something in and then it'll spit out like a whole song or composition. Right. And he was doing this in the 70s and 80s when computers were, I don't even know what they were at that time. Becoming... A thing. Or becoming yeah. computers. <laughs> yeah. That's when they were making them. That That's when... Yeah. That was the same time that Microsoft and Apple and weren't even Apple yet. They were the mm. garage. And this was supposed to be an analog device. So... Oh, damn. But 50 years later, Yuri Suzuki is finishing it and not as a completely analog device like he had envisioned it, but as a software powered by AI. Mm. But it does what kind of Scott wanted it to do. You can start with like a simple melody or even Mm. some notes and then the AI composes like the rest for you. Then you can kind of add effects. Weird. That's interesting. I haven't seen any videos for it yet, but um, hopefully... I gotta, I gotta hear the music. 
It's, yeah, it's a good, you know, I got to hear what he's coming up with, you know? like yeah, how's, I mean, it, how's did, the robot mixing did, the sound? <laughs> a couple weeks ago, we did talk about another AI project that Warner had bought <laughs> that creates, like, basically entire albums and, and songs, you know, based on mood. Yeah. So AI is getting thrown into more and more stuff, and AI music is going to be interesting. Yeah. You got a lot of mumble rappers out there rubbing their hands, you know? For real. They ain't got to pay a producer no more. <laughs> right? They're just going to be like, all right, I want this sound and this sound. And they're just going to like, they're going to put their two favorite artist songs into an, an algorithm machine that's going to oh, yeah. make a whole new beat for them and tell them what lyrics to, to rap. And then they're just going to record the the song that the algorithm gave them and then put it Lyrics. <laughs> It don't matter. You just need a melody. <laughs> no, no. As this shit was well, that's easy true. enough. Because there's an artist, uh, what's his name? Joji? That dude is mostly just melody in his songs. Like, but I'm just going to say this now. AI is going to take over that low bar segment of hip-hop sooner than later. Uh, of everything. <laughs> Because it's already super easy to make the sound, the songs and production that they're making. Oh, yeah, super. Super. So I don't think it'd be that much of a stretch to see AI be able to do that shit on their own. Producers are already getting fucked, so. (laughs) I know, right? Yeah, it's hard out here for producers. That's crazy. Trash producers is hard out here. When you're producing generic trash, it's hard out for that for you. Well, they're trying to find, they're trying to ride a wave. They're like, oh, that's the, that's the wave. I'm gonna make beats like that. Like, <laughs> they're not innovating. You gotta innovate. You gotta create your own vibes and make relationships. You gotta know people. You gotta, you know, reach out. You can't just be throwing shit out there. <laughs> yeah. So. That is it uh, for news. Well, from news pulled directly from our site. Again, if you are interested in any of the kind of topics that we touched on and talked about, you should head over to the site and kind of get the full info and the full details of that in our news segment there. But got to talk about this. Logic just dropped his third single from his forthcoming album. I believe called Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. And the song is called Homicide. And it features Eminem. And it's got yeah. some people talking. Yeah. Eminem's on it. Yeah. I first saw it. And I was like, oh, Logic dropped another song. And I was like, wait. That's that's featuring Eminem? Oh, I gotta go straight to You know? Like, I wasn't even hyped until I saw Eminem's name. Because to be honest... The first few singles didn't impress me that much. Like, I was kind of just like, ah, uh, I don't know if Logic's, like, getting too mainstream now or what, but I don't know. That song, that was the first time when I listened to it off off rip, I was like, this is kind of what I was wanting to hear. Like, I haven't heard Logic sound like that in a while, it felt like. Yeah, you never really know. What shape us Eminem feature or song 
specifically feature is it going to take these days? Because I feel like sometimes they try to be too left field with it and not just give you the rapping shit. But in reality, that's all we really fucking want to hear when you get an Eminem verse <laughs> yeah. is the rapping shit. So yeah. I'm glad that that's exactly what they gave us. Yeah. Like exactly what we get. And what's so funny, the little skit at the end, like the. Yeah, during Chris D'Elia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his little impression of him that went viral. They put that in there, you know, a nice little funny touch to it. <laughs> that so shit was still awesome. definitely has a sense of humor. And I thought that obviously that shit was funny. So right. glad to see that he noticed and put it on there. Yeah. That was um But overall, I'm very satisfied with what I got. Oh yeah, that's the first time I felt good about Logic in a while. Honestly. The other songs they just put out have been decent, but nothing like to talk about. Really, I wasn't gonna be like, yo, you heard that logic single? Like Nah. Until now I'm like now I'm like, yo, you heard that logic single. <laughs> I mean, the worst part about having somebody as big as like Eminem on your song is that people are saying, Yo, you heard that new Eminem instead of yo, you heard that. Well, wow. facts. Well, that's what it is, though. I mean, that's why yeah. he's on there. It comes with it. <laughs> that's why it's a big deal. But if, if it was just I, logic, homicide without an Eminem verse, for sure. Yeah, if it was homicide without an Eminem verse, it it would have been fire, but just not. It wouldn't have made waves. Nah, not like this. Yeah, no. And I gotta say, logic definitely held his own. Yeah, he did. And what's funnier is because, like, yeah. He did. I think I think I'm gonna have to go back to it again and listen to it hard and critically. Cause I know that Joiner and, and Logic have a, a beef, so I kinda wanna see if, if there's anything in there. Yeah, that's interesting now you thought about it. I I wanna go listen to Joiner and M, then I wanna listen to Logic and M. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I heard the story about Joiner and Logic on a, a Tech Nine track. And what happened with that? So now I was like, okay, I want to see, cause, cause Joyner was saying that that Logic didn't come with the rapidy rap. He was like joking around with it, and he's like, nah, that's what you're supposed to give us. Like, like you were saying, like that's what we we coming for with that kind of collab. So like, I was like, okay, Logic actually did it, cause that's why I was so like unsure about going to the song. I was like, okay, what what did they do with this? Was this like a joke? Like where they're like trying to play characters back and forth, or like what are they gonna give us? And then. Boom. Hit us with that rap shit. Yeah, and apparently not everybody's been super happy with it. Like, fucking Justin Bieber. Stop. Like, said some shit. I don't know if you saw that. Stop it. (laughs) Biebs came out of his mouth to say something about Logic and Eminem. Specifically, here's exactly what he said. Let me pull it up. Um, Yeah, I gotta know. He said that... he likes Eminem's flow, but doesn't like the fact that Eminem is dissing other new rappers. He just doesn't understand it. Oh, that's what the Beebs. Come on, Beebs. Here's what I don't get. Here, here's the thing with M that people, people for years were saying, "Oh, we want the old angry M back. We want the old angry M." Mm-hmm. Then when he gives you the old angry M, you're like, "Oh, he just doesn't get it." Nowadays, he doesn't get new rap. Yeah. I was like, you know, that's like, what he was doing when he came out. Was talking. He about- was shit on everybody when he came out. Like, I'm not understanding why people are so like 
yeah. surprised and shocked by it when he when y'all been crying for the old M for so Fam. long that he comes out and gives you. If that he shit. replaced the names of like fam- famous artists of today with the names that he was were in those old Eminem songs, that song would probably be banned. They probably couldn't put the song out like in today's yeah. sensitive ass times. Like the old Eminem shit, if you swap names into it, like And I don't really know why he even said anything because sure they kind of talked about like new rap and new rap wave, but yeah. Neither one of them even talk about anybody specifically. They don't fucking yeah, name drop anybody. And M barely even said anything. All he said was he doesn't want to listen to you spit your raps that someone else wrote, which I'm pretty sure is the sentiment of most lyricists in hip hop that it's ghostwriting has yeah. always been a big fucking deal. True. Uh, even though I think he was piggybacking it on it because Logic says something too, but he didn't mention Logic. I mean, Logic went in more than him, I think, about the whole new Yeah, exactly. Rap. But I think that's why I think Beebs got triggered by Logic because Logic's verse is first there. Why does that part have a fucking opinion on, on this shit? Because but. Justin Bieber has a bunch of hip hop songs he can't put out and he's sad about it and he's trying to he's trying to figure out what to do with his life. That's why there's no music out. And there's nah, a bunch of a just bunch Justin of, Bieber leaks. I have like two of albums of Justin Bieber mumble rap friends. Because Justin Bieber has mumble rap songs. And mumble rap friends. Yeah. I have a song from Justin Bieber that sounds exactly like Post Malone, but it's Justin Bieber. <laughs> What's the odds that we're going to get a Justin Bieber line from him? <laughs> whatever next shit he does. Oh my god, if Eminem does another track, he's definitely going to say something about this. I'm I'm putting I'm I'm putting 85%. I'm I'm not going to go a whole 100. I'm going to go 85. 85%. So I'm 90, 95. Yeah. <laughs> all right. For and real. I'm here for it. I'm here for it all. <laughs> yeah. Nah, that I mean, he deserves it coming out of his mouth. Like the last thing I heard about Justin Bieber was saying that he like he 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 needs to focus on his life and like Whatever some fucking shit like about being depressed or some shit. And then he comes he out of his mouth is to like lost. Like what are you doing, fam? He's lost. What are you doing? Like something about his marriage and shit. Like I don't know. He was all caught up in some weird personal drama. And then he's so- a weird fucking guy, and he's only getting weird by the day. Yeah. I mean, I get it. You were famous. That uber famous at like fifteen. It's hard to kind of be come out of that oh, normal. Younger than that, it's like thirteen. Goddamn, he's weird. <laughs> yeah. To be that so fucking famous since then, like I yeah. get it, it's impossible to come out normal from that shit. But he's definitely seen some shit for sure, and he's trying to kind of figure I mean, it out now. Well. I mean, Zac Efron, <laughs> he did well. He did all right for himself. He toned it down. Zac Efron was not on the same level with Justin Bieber, bro. Well, yeah, that's true. I feel like Bieber for, was, for the two oh, another, years, was for the two years that High School Musical was a thing, they were on the same level. <laughs> sure, no, they were not on the same level. It was big, but they were not on the same level. Yeah, it felt like it, the way everybody was talking about it. B was monstrous, massively yeah. monstrous. Yeah, that's true. Bieber is bigger than, do you think, who's bigger, him or Taylor Swift? Fuck, at a time, for sure, Bieber. Yeah. Now, obviously Taylor Swift, but at that time, Bieber. Uh, word. So you're going to wish. You hear about that shit that they're kind of like going, getting at Taylor Swift saying that she copied uh, Beyonce shit? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. 
I didn't look into it though. Yeah, it was about the billboards. I didn't. I didn't watch it because I'm not watching that shit. But she apparently she did some performance at billboards, and she had a marching band with her for, for her new single. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and you know it was like the whole Coachella shit, and then the homecoming documentary. So it was like right after. Yeah, that's interesting. I would have to see. I don't think. I mean, I'd have I'm to not see that. The set design. I wouldn't like. I wouldn't watch that and think, "Oh, she culture vulturing." Like, it's, like, I'd have to see the how, choreography. Can't really have a claim to a marching band, but yeah, no, like, mad people have marching bands. Like, but mad people. Beyonce mad wasn't the first shit. one to do it. Like, you know, for sure not. But Dave Chappelle had a marching people. band in his block party, like before. <laughs> you know, like. But marching bands are as old as fucking music itself in America, basically. Facts. Like, Where do you think all these drummers and fucking musicians come from? Like they are all in marching band in high school, fam. Like all, <laughs> all, all these all these bands that we love are were in marching bands, hmm. which is crazy to think about. Cause I didn't even realize it at the time, but yeah, now I'm like, oh shit, all of them fools is a marching band. So I honestly can't say that she copied it. I have to see it first to like say what looks like what you know, because the marching band itself can't can't just be like, oh yeah. But it seems like uh, Taylor Swift's been on like a a a public just like downward trot. Like people aren't fucking with her like they used to, so I don't know. Yeah, so I mean, I didn't. I'm not gonna give a shit for that. People love giving a shit for everything she does, but I think that's kind of a reach. But yeah, yeah, she just can't win. Yeah, just better watch it. If if, they trying to cancel her for anything. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, speaking of. Speaking of the Billboard Awards, have you watched it? I didn't watch it. I saw a headline that uh, Drake and Cardi cleaned up. Yeah, Drake had all-time record. All-time record, he took home 12 awards. What did I tell you about the Billboard Awards, man? The numbers Billboard Awards is trash and nobody watches it for a reason. Exactly, because we all know what the numbers are. They just look at the Billboard fucking any time of the year. You can tell who's going to win what. That's what I was trying to tell you about that shit. You want top artist, top male artist, top song? Like, get the fuck out of here. It's the streaming numbers. They He broke all the records. You have to give it to him. Garbage. That's what I was saying. I was like, if like I broke garbage the record that Scorpion year. Garbage Scorpion album. <laughs> Most streamed, man. Fuck out of here. Nobody yeah. watches that shit. <laughs> Nobody watches it. I it forgot 12. it. I didn't know what happened until afterwards, until the headlines. <laughs> yeah, he took 12 and um, Cardi took 10. 10? Swag. So what is the Billboard's worth? Is it literally just like streams and shit? I'm te- no, it's not just streams. It's it's sales. The top R&B album is Tentacion 17. That's not an R&B album. What do you mean? That's an R&B album? Uh, 17, which I'm pretty sure came out how many years ago? Anyways? I would put that in like urban contemporary. 
And well, I don't know why it's in a category. Oh, because it's charting. Because it's charting. Oh, I get it. So now that makes more sense. So I guess it's I guess it it's literally just the top charting things of the year. It's whatever charts the most of that is year. Is it really? Yeah, it has to be. That's the only way that him being in that makes sense is because How's it an R and B though? I don't know about that category though. I just know that he does sing in it. And Double then, words are trash. There's a reason that I just looking at this reminded me why I don't watch that shit. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny that it's R and B. That's funny. I I didn't know it was category like that. That's hilarious. Damn. Cardi got 10. Imagine Dragons one. Okay. Top rock hours. Yeah, it's trash. Streams. That one streams. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, and that kind of brings me to the next point I want to talk, talk about is they broke more records on Spotify. So they are the first kind of rock group, if you can even call them rock still. Um to have two songs that crossed a billion streams on Spotify. Who? Imagine Dragons. Oh, Imagine Dragons. Oh. Oh. Oh, that's placement. Thunder uh, streamed a billion. And then recently, Believer just streamed a billion. And Radioactive looks like it's probably going to break a billion as well. Oh, Radioactive is because Believer and Radioactive to me are like equally. They're like the same song to me. Honestly. They all sound, bro. All their singles. Believer. All sound. Okay. Radio- all of their singles from the last three song albums all are the fucking same. Let's just be honest. They are all the same. Yeah. They but- changed the word and the one word that they keep repeating over in the chorus, but the but construction fire. of it is the same. It's still fire. I'm not like I'm not gonna lie. Are you hear it? Of course, it's they they <laughs> they crafted something that is earworm, and they've been riding that shit to the <laughs> yeah. ground. There's a reason that like rock pierced fans can't stand Imagine Dragons is because of this. Yeah, well, because to be honest, when I first heard Imagine Dragons, I was disgusted. Nah, I'm not gonna lie. When I first heard Imagine Dragons, I thought. These motherfuckers are fire. Their first album? I that thought, shit was fire. What? Yeah. Their first album. But I didn't hear them their first album. I didn't know who they were until I didn't know who that. they were. Nobody really knew who they were. Damn, that first shit was fucking flames. And I didn't even know that was them when it was on, honestly, to be honest. I probably I hadn't heard it and didn't know that. I don't even remember the name of the album. I'm going to look it up right now. But that shit was flames. I was like, yo, who is this? It was just weird. I was trying. Because honestly, I thought it was somebody. I thought it was like. Um, it sounded like a mashup. It sounded like mashups, and like I was like, I wasn't sure if this was somebody else's like vocals into like some like new EDM or like what, what was happening, because like it, the hooks and everything sound pretty generic. So I was like, is this somebody I haven't heard? Actually, that I, like? I don't even know if it's their first album or not. But Night Visions, Night Flames, Visions. Radioactive. That was the song. That was like the song that really put them over. Yeah, out. I was like, that's the only one I remember. I was. <laughs> That shit was flames. I don't know. Nobody, I was like, yo, these motherfuckers are going to be massive. And sure enough, they're massive. But as each, each new album came out, this shit just kept getting worse and worse. Well, I thought it would get better because of like when Kendrick did that whole joint with them at their album. It's gotten day. worse and worse. Yeah. And I don't even. I don't oh, even no, it's got way worse. Anymore. It's gotten way worse. I don't know. I but don't they always to... have like that one or two massive like anthems. Yeah. 
that like just keeps them going. Definitely. I don't know. I just look at them like Maroon Five now. They're just over there. Maroon Five's last album was actually fucking good. It was nothing but big singles, but it was actually good. Yeah, but that's only that's like if you're like this one doesn't even have Adam, good Adam, singles. Though. Yeah, but Adam Levine, like you gotta you gotta be in the right mood to listen to his voice all the time. Like his voice isn't that amazing. Mm. His tone better than the Bad Dragon's voice. Except for on those hooks, I'd rather on the on the on radioactive. Adam it's not Levine wouldn't sound That's better. just yelling. Exactly, that's just some shit that you would hear. That's in what I'm checking for when I for. when I wanna when I wanna go to Imagine Dragons. I wanna hear some yell singing in a in a tight hook. With with some with some explosive sounds, and, with some big and, ass drums, and a nice epic sound. That's what it is. It's energy music with some. With oh, some, it's straight energy. Don't get me wrong. It's yeah. definitely energy. I don't want it to sing with energy. I want to yell with energy. Like, give me some radioactive. radioactive. Oh yeah, I don't get me wrong. <laughs> as much as I'm shit on their their singles, yeah. they're fucking catchy. But origins, garbage. <laughs> yeah, I don't even. Yeah. That's okay. But yeah, they just broke billion streams once again. For the second time, making them the first rock group on Spotify to do so. Hey, man. They just dumbed down their lyrics to double their dollar. <laughs> you criticize them for it, yet they all yell holla. No, they just doubled. They just double down on what they were already well, fucking quadruple down on what they were already doing. <laughs> quadruple down, yeah. It is still working. It hasn't broken yet. <laughs> so, watch. They're gonna be right there next year. So, we gotta talk, Kanye. Oh. Are we just acting like He wasn't the douchebag he was last year, and I'm not canceled like everybody was saying. I'm not because it haven't... feels like people are welcoming him back already. Fam, I haven't gotten through one of the Sunday services all the way. As soon as I start to enjoy it, I turn it off because I get mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> like ah, Kanye, man, fuck, man, ah, I can't even watch it. Like you know, like. No, like people, it's crazy. Like people are really falling for it because what Kanye has done, which is what he needed to do this entire time, was not talk. He's not talking to the media right now. Yeah, he's just letting the music speak. Which is all he ever needed to do, and we would have never hated him ever, which is crazy to think about. Like, if he never fucking talked and just let the music speak, he would still be one of... he. People would call him the greatest, probably. Now people I, don't even want to talk about him in music conversations because of what, like, drama it might bring to the conversation. It's a trigger word. Kanye is a trigger word now. So explain to me exactly these Sunday services, because I've never really fully understood, and I've never actually watched one. I've only yeah. seen, like, clips of them. Right. Well, some of the songs. Well, obviously he's got a he's got a choir. <laughs> so yeah, the Sunday he, service, the thing, whole church aesthetic, he's really going for it, right? Yeah. Well, so you remember back uh, the album Ye was announced to come out, or not Ye, but uh, Yandi, and then he canceled it, pushed it back. Then they were like, "Oh, he's going to Africa to record it." So mm-hmm. Sunday service 
came from the Africa trip, and he started it there. So his first Sunday service was in in Africa when he was out there. And so are these Yandi cuts? Yeah, I think. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily Yandi cuts. I think it's. I think it's Kanye's like new set. Like it's like he he kind of went back to his old stuff and just jam sessions with a fucking gospel choir. Sorry, excuse me. He 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 jam sessions with a gospel choir and like completely changes old songs and rearranges it so it sounds new. But then there's some new stuff here and there. But it's really just like a live instrumentation with chorus with a with a choir of just like his more spiritual songs it's not even like it's not really mostly new content it's mostly old content it's not even new cuts because you would have heard you there'd be snippets of new cuts out and there's not any snippets so it's, it's really it's really him like doing the um he's trying he's putting the ultra light beams on Every song that he likes, that he made, mm. basically treatment, <laughs> you know, like the Jesus walks. He's trying to like, he's trying to paint the picture that he's he's like reverting back to the Jesus walks days, but he's not obviously. Uh, and and the only reason I say obviously is because the thing that following this is controversy about his merch for the yep, which is what I was which I was I, I was going to get into. But before I get into that, I just wanted to say like I mean it's it's kind of smart because it's hard to re- remain angry at somebody who is yelling or pushing, you know, God and religion and stuff like that in their music yeah. and everything they're doing. So, it's kind of smart. Yeah. Uh this was a plan to kind of get back in good graces. It's hard to be like fuck him, fuck what he's doing. Yeah. Like, you know, he's pushing. But see, right on the street with stuff, that man. is like because you want to feel that way, then you think about it more in all the stuff when he was like, you know, the Trump stuff and the slavery Detroit and everything. Like all of the conservatives are God-fearing Christians, you know, like this also you know, like caters to them. It doesn't exclude them. So it, it, just because it's getting back into the good graces of his old fans doesn't mean he's not still catering to the people. That... I mean, look, I've never really give a fuck about any of that. It's always been about the music, and I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I, I don't really check for hip like that. But right. the clips I did hear, I was kind of like, no, nah, hey, some yeah. of it sounds amazing. Okay, yeah, you might. Yeah. You might be able to get get me really back into this shit. You keep pulling out some heat oh, like this, definitely. them vibes like that. That you know that shit that really hits you. But but at the same time, like you said about the controversy surrounding with the merchandise is kind of like mm. yeah. I don't really like this shit though. Like you selling yeah. socks for like seventy dollars, fifty dollars, whatever. Yeah, fuck it was. church like, socks you know, for like, like sixty dollars. Like, selling like... these sweatshirts for like. The say church socks. Nearly $400 that say like one thing on them, like screen printed on it. Like, yo, what the fuck yeah. is going on? Because I'm pretty sure this is the same yay two, three years ago talking about he wanted to produce affordable shit because people like him from his communities can't afford yeah. the shit that, that was the whole now point this of the is Yeezys, not, yes, uh, this is not no Adidas words. collaboration. Yeah. This his- is strictly yay shit. And he's out here pushing sweats for fucking $400. Like yeah, that dog. shit to me. 
it's some cornball, like some some sleazeball type shit, bro. Like oh, yeah. you're talking about Sunday service, church stuff, and you're literally printing just just a sweatshirt with the screen print that says stuff like uh, "Trust God" or something, something like that. Yeah, you're selling it for four hundred dollars. Like, all right, I get it. Like, I see why people are upset about that. Like, that's some sleazeball shit yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. Because not only is it just like, like, uh, it's just gross. It's kind of, it's just like Kanye's attaching himself Fucking to something gross. he shouldn't be attaching himself to. Like, it was one thing to be like Jesus and then like in songs say like, I am God. And, and, and then like, I don't know. It's just weird. Like putting out merch that way. Even it's without gross. the music. It's disgusting. I I'm just feel like the music's or, the only reason like, we're not in an uproar, or like like mad. Like if he just put that out first, like oh yo, this is my a new line for for what I'm about the music I'm about to release. Like we'd be like what? It would sell out. It's I'm sorry, but, it's fucking gross because this is this this is the same guy. He's making religion I was hype. Talking about that's kind of disgusting. I want to produce affordable hype. shit. Yeah, how do you make? I want to produce affordable shit. Trust God, hype beast. That's fucked up. I want to produce affordable shit for people in my community because kids can't afford the shit that these other brands are pushing out, and I want to. I want to do that. Okay, balls in your fucking court. This is not no Adidas collaboration. This is you pushing out four hundred dollar fucking sweatsuits that say "Trust God" and are all churchly and shit like that. And now you're just making it into like a trendy thing. Like you're just selling, like it just feels fucking gross. Like, yeah. So, as much as the Sunday services sound great, I still not really fucking with Kanye right now. Yeah, that shit's disgusting to me. I was like, when I seen that shit, I was like, what? I'm off this dude. Like, fuck that. I'm not. You not, bro? I'm not. I'm not buying a single shit that Kanye produces in terms of. Apparel. I'm not. Yeah, no. I I don't own anything, Kanye. I never have, aside from music. Like, okay, it's one thing to sell shit, expensive clothing. Obviously, a lot of people do that. Especially if it's through Adidas who controls most of the pricing. Mm -hmm. But then it's another when you do it on your own, then you try to attach it to, like, God and religion and church and it's like bro like what? and it's overpriced like, like if it was just regular price i don't know and it's all for profit and you're like making it it's like this trendy like it's just yeah ugh. like it was all for profit it wasn't like actually going to a church or like you know like it was just like your merch it's like uh it's just sick yeah. sick yeah. fucking guy i'm sorry that shit's gross i don't care what nobody says you say all oh, the people do it just sure but this is this the same person that was yelling three years ago about how he wanted to create affordable clothing and all this shit and then talking all this bullshit and when he finally has a chance to do it, what does he do? He does this. Kanye just so lied. Fuck him. Yeah, fuck see, him. Like people is the thing. I I love Kanye's music from all the way up until Yay, basically. <laughs> but uh the thing about Ye is that, like, the more he talks, the more you realize he lies to us as, like, public. Like, when he oh, says shit. things, he lies. And that was a lie. Like, this, that was a lie. This is a lie. Like, 
I saw I saw him say he wanted to make things, you know, more affordable, more accessible, and then that never happened. Like he literally said that before making like I think his first Yeezy, he was complaining, and he's made at least like like three or four more shoes now, like the fourth shoe. So like he never. He never, like, you're negotiating the deals. Like, how do you not ever, why, like, what? What are you doing? Fuck him. (laughs) Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck you if you still, like, support that shit and believe the shit he's saying. Fuck him, bro. Like, fuck him. I don't watch that Sunday service shit. I'm not ever going to watch the Sunday service shit. And he's out here talking about he wants to open a church. I'll never fucking step foot in none of that shit. Like, this dude out here is on some other shit right now. Yeah. And it does not feel right. Sorry. And why is it? And it's so weird. Because, like, now Kim K is, like, in everybody's good graces. His wife, meanwhile, his wife is, uh, said she's going to go to school to be a lawyer. <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah. You know, I would never fucking hire you. Good luck with that. Yeah, but eh, who knows? People are stupid. People are very easily manipulated. But all right, so those topics definitely went on longer. Um, (laughs) That's true. We did want to talk about some type of albums before, so (laughs) I think we're going to kind of nail this down to. Only a few at the most. Yeah. Uh, I think the one that we both wanted to definitely talk about is Schoolboy Q and Crash Talk. Much Crash anticipated. Talk. Yeah. Very much anticipated because Schoolboy only drops every two or three years. Two and a half years has been. Yeah. Two and a half. So, basically, we've been waiting. <laughs> and he's been apparently holding it off because of um unfortunate deaths that we all know about. Mac Miller was a good friend and I think he was gonna drop early fall and pushed it back and then was coming up and started his rollout and then Nipsey passed. So then he pushed it back again. Um So I don't know, it's been a tough rollout for Schoolboy. But, but I don't think Road has ever really mattered so much for him because his fans are his fans and people are going to tune in no matter what he drops at this point. Yeah, true. It doesn't his, The rollout doesn't matter for his, his fan base, but, you know, in terms of gaining new fans, the rollout matters. But, because I don't know if... So basically, let's just jump into the project, you know? Um, I mean, all right, so you said gaining new fans and right off the back, I feel like... He was kind of trying to do that here, specifically with some of his features and some of ah. his production choices. Right. Uh, with the single specifically, lead single specifically. I mean, that feels like there's a bunch of possible singles here that he's going for. Yeah, but he threw chopsticks out with Travis Scott. So, cause Don't I like it. I hated it. I still... Honestly, I let it rock, and if I'm not paying attention 
to the song and it's like playing in the background i don't hate the song but if i'm actually listening to it i don't like it i just don't like the song i don't like and the i'm hook. kind of getting tired of people just throwing travis scott and everything like it's gonna magically turn into a hit song yeah that's that's not the wave <laughs> but you know hey but that was the lead single which i was kind of concerned about that that kind of like made me feel weird but then he put num num juice out so that was the follow-up single that was definitely more of his lane more yeah that was his song like i feel like chopsticks was a label decision or something i don't know what that was but it felt forced but in recent interviews he has expressed disappointment in blank face and that he was disappointed in how kind of dark it was oh that was the best part yeah (laughs) A thousand percent. Uh, <laughs> the reason like, it was so uh, good was because it was like so. It was dark as fuck. Dense and dark and like sophisticated and. Yeah. It just really showed him as an artist. Like he really, really went into shit and like really took the time to really craft these intricate songs where shit beat breaks down and certain voices come in, certain verses come in, and like. Yeah. One shit drops out, one kind of concept drops out, another one drops in. Like it was just really dense. And yeah, it was a little dark. But I feel like his music has always been a little dark. So I'm not really sure why he was like so was like, upset That's your about lane. it. Because I was like, your album cover's got a paper bag slouching down like they're sad and depressed, like over the dude's head. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I, That's I, a dark I mean, album cover. <laughs> I think I don't know how other people feel, but Blank Face was my favorite LPs put out so far and I think that was like him really kind of really finding his lane and his stride and like I was really looking I don't know I like I fuck with habits and contradictions heavy does that count it's more of a mixtape but yeah well that all right well that and blank face yeah those are my top two projects I mean I mean he only has what like five four or five oxymoron oxymoron yeah and he had one before Habits and Contradictions. I just can't remember the name right now. But that was like early, early days. Yeah. I just think like that was like you said, that was the best fucking part of the album. Like was the darker shit, more menacing type of music. Like I fucking loved that shit. Yeah, it was like it was like Boogeyman shit. Like it was like it was like some dark, like it was like Yeah. It was like a different homie, like instead of Kendrick taking us through like LA, it was like, you know, an innocent kid, like a good kid. It was like a bad kid, you know, that's what like yeah. Blankface felt like the bad kid in, in, in the inner city instead of like the good kids take. Like to me, I still fucking love that uh, Eddie Kane song with Jadakiss, like, God oh, yeah. damn, that shit was fucking special. Yeah. And I'm disappointed to see him kind of run away from that and kind of go into more mainstream route and radio route here. Yeah. The push with the certain production choices he did, I was a bit confused. Like, Yeah, there's a lot of new sound that I wouldn't associate with him at all on this album. And I don't know. I'm still trying to, like, I don't know. There's a few songs that I still go to for sure. Crash. Crash. Like, there's songs that are amazing that are weird in the context of everything. Like, Tails is a great song. Tails is phenomenal. 
Like, that song, dope. Black folk, dope. Like, these are really, like, dead songs, but then, like, in the mix of all this other stuff, sometimes it felt like, it felt weird to switch from, like, I'm thinking about the lyrics to now I don't have to think that much about the lyrics. Right. And those songs, while some were kind of catchy, they don't really make any serious, significant, like, impression. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think they're going to tear up the charts and, like, gain new fans like that. I just think they're just going to kind of be stuff that you could slap in the whip real quick, but then something you're not really going to want to return to over and over again like you did on Blank Face. Yeah. Yeah, nah, there's nothing that, that, like, feels like a a major hit, which is kind of disappointing. I mean, I think... I think Water with Lil Baby is a better single than Chopsticks. I mean, it seems to be definitely, in a viral sense, especially meme sense, it's definitely the one that's been catching on the most. Yeah. Well, that was definitely, I feel like that song has the most replay value on the album in terms of, uh, like, outward, with like, group setting uh, replay value. I was just confused overall. I was confused, like what he was really trying to go for. Yeah, because the Ty Dolla Sign song was weird. It was good, but weird. yeah, and like some of these songs would have been fine if it was just like one or two or even three of these on the album. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he's got like over half of it are like these type of songs. It felt like, oh, like what's going on here? And yeah. the fact that now only like two minutes, two and a half minutes, and where he had songs on the last one that were, like, almost five, five and a half minutes long. Mm-hmm. You know, like, really dense yeah, songs that you could go through. And this is just... I just think this was, like, him, like, overthinking shit. Like, Oh, yeah, I feel like he totally overthought it. Because the other... This doesn't even feel nearly as cohesive as his other work. Like, all of his other projects. Like, everything no he put out... To this. Everything he put out before this felt, like, smooth. Like, you know, like, I don't know. It's weird. But what do you think about, like, um, Kendrick doing, like, Schoolboy Q's ad-libs and stuff and, like, never being featured or anything? I've been fine with it. Like... Because he's on a few songs here, too, that I, like, noticed. I was like, oh, shit. That's, a, that's Kendrick doing that. I don't, like, I don't need... Every TDR have like Kendrick on there. Yeah, well, Kendrick like kind of EP. He like he 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 goes through like Schoolboy lets Kendrick look at his shit and like change stuff. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it. It's just, and I actually do like the dangerous uh, song, the Cuddy song. Yeah, that's actually a good song. Trippy and wavy. I like that one, but. Overall, like I said, it's just very confusing. I felt like a confusing mm. album. And one yeah. that I don't hate, because I don't really think he puts out outright bad music for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's just felt like a major misstep and like overthinking shit and yeah. not really understanding what people wanted from him. I didn't want... I don't want, I don't go to Q for like 
I never want sauce. a chopsticks from Schoolboy Q. I never no, I don't need that shit from him. I don't. I'm not. I don't want a radio song from Q. Like I who cares it's streaming now. Nobody really gives a shit about that. Yeah, fuck all that. And it just felt like he was reaching a lot of times here. <clears throat> so for me it was a, a lukewarm project yeah um so before i mean we go like i was just dropping out that i started a new series called let's talk music and my first week uh I just dropped today and i talk about the q album and i kind of categorize things as fuego meaning must listens worth the listen and hard passes and this one was definitely just the worth a listen category meaning it's not like great or the best outs but it's still worth a listen to kind of create your own kind of opinion from it so i want you to give me one album that you really want to talk about and then go from there all right one album well fuck it i'll just mention um Queen Herbie. And it's, uh, Queen Herbie put out a EP. She's, uh, I remember her from, from going viral, basically, like, back before viral was, a, like, a big, big thing. But, like, uh, Chris Brown and Busta Rhymes had that song, uh, You See Me Now or something like that. And, they, and Busta mm-hmm. had that really fast verse. And basically, she, like, uh, spit the verse on YouTube and like everybody went crazy for it. So then she like ended up on like talk shows and like did that and stuff. And you know, but whatever. She was a musician, actual artist, and like has been putting out EPs. And it's it's Queen Herbie with a, a V. So it's Q V E E N and then H E R B Y. And uh, her EPs are just titled by numbers. So this is EP six and um. Yeah, it's only it's only five tracks, so it's a quick listen. But um, right off jump, the intro was really strong. It's it's called New Bitch, <laughs> and uh, honestly, in terms of like that kind of rap, I I think it's it's definitely in the higher like better than than not category. It's worth a listen, just like you know we're kind of talking about with the schoolboy thing. It's it's the project definitely worth a listen. It's definitely not trash. She's a great singer. The production's pretty fire. And the best song, I would say, is Mozart. It's got um two uh, features, both uh, female artists. And, um, yeah, there's just bars in there because it's dope because she's a singer and a female rapper. So she's out here. What's, what's the name? Queen Herbie. Queen Herbie. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm super unfamiliar with uh and then yeah, if you guys haven't seen any of her like, you know, videos, just YouTube Queen Herbie and you'll find some shit. Um you might even want to check out um when I typed her name into my YouTube to to see the search, like the third thing said like Busta Rhymes is like Queen Herbie, Busta Rhymes. Because like I said, that's the thing she got like viral for like eight years ago. So Yeah. But new shit she put out, E P six, Queen Herbie, pretty fire. Alright, check that out. Um I'm going to give one album that I think people should check out. And that is J Electronica and New Jabe's called New Electronica. And no, Wait, this what? is not new J Electronica music. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is sort of a remix compilation 
a project put together by I think this label called Art Altered Crate. I think that's what it is. Don't hold me to that. But mm. it's called New Electronica and New Jabez is a uh Japanese hip hop producer who passed away in twenty ten. And obviously J Electronica is the guy who talks about music more than he actually releases music. <laughs> so this is them kind of putting together production from him from Nujabes that's like rare or lesser known and combining it with like unreleased acapella verses from J Electronica. Hmm. And Nujabes So it is new? Yeah. I mean unreleased new bars? Or, yeah, bars. Unreleased or probably very few have heard or, you know, not. Well, I'm going to check for it then. I didn't know about and this. And Nujabes is somebody that I actually had to, uh, again, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but it's spelled N-U-J-A-B-E-S. Is, uh, like I said, deceased. And he's somebody I kind of had to do research into because I didn't know who he was. But he produced for like animes some some stuff like soundtrack animes for like samurai shampoo um mm. back in the day which was created by the same people who created uh cowboy bebop mm-hmm. so his production is hip-hop but then it's like mixed with jazz mm. and That's it's it. fucking phenomenal production like super fire production and it's like the perfect soundscape for Jay Electronica. And yeah, no, I'm like, that's where he lives. It's like, ooh. I'm like, like kind of hyped now. It's that perfect lane, and Jay really, again, no matter how you may feel about Jay, <laughs> there's no denying that he's fucking talented, and there's a reason why people have been so hyped uh, for him, it's that the bars and like his delivery and everything is is fire. And there's no less fire here. If anything, it's more fire because the production here is so fucking good. So you should a thousand percent check this out if you love hip hop. Yeah. So yeah, we didn't get into a lot of or all the albums that we kind of wanted to talk about because we had some longer news topics, but I think we had a good discussion. Didn't want to cut those short. Yeah. So we will get to those, you know, in the next show, one of the upcoming shows. Definitely. But before we get out of here, I want to talk about some new albums that you should be on the lookout for dropping either this week or next week. Starting with May 3rd um, today. So Bad Religion is dropping an album called Age of Unreason. Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes is dropping End of Suffering, which I've actually heard, and it's pretty fucking good. Mm. Um, Vampire Weekend, which I'm really looking forward to, is dropping today called Father of the Bride, and I'm hearing really good things about them in this project. Um, Unknown Mortal Orchestra is dropping an EP called SB-06. The Nationals is this dropping? No, it's a single. Mm. <clears throat> Diplo dropped an EP called Higher Ground. Mm. Big Big Thief dropped a project called UFOF. Mm. 
Ashley Tisdale's dropping LP called Symptoms. Wait, she's a Pile. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Word. <laughs> Pile is dropping a project called Green and Gray. Once again, I've heard this one thanks to some PR people, and it's pretty fucking good, too. Talk about Dope. that later. Um, PNB Rock drops. I think what you told me was his kind of major debut. Yeah, so PNB Rock, uh, his official uh, album debut from uh, the record label. He's basically he got signed like four years ago, and every project he put out, the label didn't classify as an album. So this is his first album, debut album, trap star turned pop star, PNB Rock. Drop mm-hmm. today. So he has a uh, verse from XXX Tentacion. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, continue. Check that out if you want. Uh, Alaska, Alaska, the dots. Club Kuru, Meet Your Maker. Another one that I've heard through PR people. It's quite good as well. A lot of these I'm going to have to talk about. Um, the Dream Syndicate, These Times. Let's see. There was like a ton of major projects dropping today, but there's like a lot of lesser known uh, projects and people dropping. Styles P. Yeah, so Styles P. Um, SP the Goat, Ghost of All Dropping time. SP the Goat. Not got a chance to hear that one yet. Um, yeah, and I think I'm going to stop it there for May 3rd. And we'll leave May 10th for later because we will probably get another one of these up next week. So yeah, word. That is it for uh, this week's Music Files podcast. As always, if you are liking uh, these shows that we're doing, whether you're listening to them through whatever audio format or audio platform that you listen to podcast through, or you're watching us through YouTube, we would highly suggest and highly. and would be very grateful if you smash that like and subscribe button for us. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I dropped a new series this week called Let's Talk Music, where I kind of give a rundown of some of the albums that I've been listening to that I think you should listen to or that you should pass on. So you should also definitely check that out. If you have any questions, uh, comments, or topic suggestions about this show, past show, or any future shows, you should also let us know in the comments down below wherever this goes up and wherever you uh, enjoy you know, listening or watching us. Or you can email us directly at podcast at livinglifefearless.co and we will either get back to you or you may come up in a future show. And if you like any of the gear that, rocking me, that we rock in these videos, if you do watch these podcasts, like this hoodie, this beanie, that hat or that shirt that Reese is wearing, mm-hmm. you can grab these for yourself directly from the store. But, again, thank you guys for joining us once again and listening to us. And love to have you hop in the conversation, so don't be afraid to comment. We'll be back shortly with another one of these. Hopefully next week we will see. But until then, keep doing what, Darius? Keep living life fearless, y'all. Yep. Music files. Catch you guys soon. Like, comment, subscribe. (laughs) 